We are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, His presence and His role, His work amongst us and in us. And I'll say this morning what we have to study and to say is deep. It's deep. And I hope that we can kind of stay together and stay in the text, and I hope to say it as simply as it can be said, but it's profound and it's life-changing if we will listen to the words of Jesus. We're going to start over the next three weeks. We're going to focus on chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus' long discourse before uh, his crucifixion, and so much of that deals with his departing from his apostles and his giving, his sending of the Spirit and the, the role the Spirit will have amongst them. In John 14 and verse 16, Jesus talks about the Spirit, and, and some of our translations read very differently in what the Spirit is called. Some translations call him uh, the, the comforter, some call him the counselor, some call him the helper. And, and we might have different images pop into our head when we hear those words, comforter, counselor, helper. I heard a sermon a few weeks ago, and the preacher said, when I hear comforter, it makes me think of the Holy Spirit like a quilt or something, right? So, and, and maybe we do. When we hear comforter, we think, well, yeah, so like the Spirit makes us feel all warm and protected and cozy. Maybe that's what we think of when we hear the Spirit is a comforter. Uh, maybe when we hear counselor, I think like, psychiatrist or something, right? So maybe we think the spirit is supposed to be kind of our psychiatrist or counselor in that sense. Or when we hear helper, I think like personal assistant, right? And so maybe that's what we think of. And, and it's not a problem with the translation. All those words are good words, counselor, comforter, helper, the, the reason why we misunderstand, I think, the reason why we, we think of the, the Spirit like His role is just to make us feel warm and cozy or His role is to be our, our personal helper or assistant is that we're not looking at the context. And if we look at the context, I think we'll better understand what that word, uh, we, we often say paraclete, parakletos, what that word really means. But here's one thing I hope we can get out of this series, and I hope especially this morning, that God did not give us his spirit to help us achieve our goals. I think that's the next slide. To help us achieve our goals, but to help us achieve his. Okay, so that, that's main point right there. If we're going to understand the role of the Spirit in the lives of God's people, then we have to understand that God didn't give us His Spirit to be our personal assistant. God did not give us His Spirit to help us achieve our goals, but to help us achieve His goals. He didn't give us the Spirit to help us achieve our will, but to help bring our will into alignment with His will so that we achieve His will. But, but maybe one of the reasons why we don't understand the role of the Spirit, maybe because we don't fully understand the role of Jesus. Let's think about this for just a second. If somebody was to ask you, what was the main purpose of Jesus coming to die on a cross? What was the main purpose of Jesus coming and giving his life for people? We, we might say, Jesus came and died to save me from going to hell. We might say Jesus came and died to save me so that I could go to heaven. 
But I would put it the way Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says that God's plan for the fullness of time, his plan was to unite all things in heaven and on earth through Jesus. The role of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus, the plan of the Father through Jesus is to unite all things in heaven and on earth, to reconcile the human family, that's us, and the Godhead, Father and Son and Spirit. The role of Jesus, the reason Jesus came, became a human being. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and gave his life as an offering and then ascended to the Father's right hand. The purpose of all of it, of what Jesus did, what Jesus is doing, what Jesus will do, the purpose of all of it is to reconcile heaven and earth, to reconcile the human family and the Father and the Son and the Spirit. That's what Jesus was doing, is doing, and will do. Ever since the fall, right? Ever since the garden, there has been a separation. And Jesus came to bridge that separation, to tear down the separation, to reunite, to stitch back together. That's the image, the metaphor that keeps going through my head, stitching two things back together. You ever sewed something together? That's, that's what Jesus is doing. He's sewing together heaven and earth. He's sewing together humanity and God. And and I think as we look at the text this morning, you'll see that's exactly the sort of thing Jesus is talking about because that's exactly what Jesus came to do to reconcile humanity and God. Let's look at our text. John chapter 14 and verse 12. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Do you remember we talked about a few weeks ago when we had our One Church event how much good Jesus has done in and through his people since his ascension? And think about all of the good all over the world, all the good that's been done in your life, in my life, in our community and culture and world because of people that are doing the works of Jesus, doing the sorts of things that Jesus taught us to do. But Jesus says, you will be able to do these good works. You will achieve greater things than I achieved in my earthly ministry. Why? Because I am going to the Father. See, sometimes I I think, and I, I didn't understand this for a very long time, I think sometimes we don't understand that Jesus is, not was, but Jesus is a man. Jesus is a human being, transformed, resurrected, human being 2.0, no doubt, but he is a human being. And, that, and that's the beauty of the gospel, is that God became a human, and then that human ascended to the right hand of the Father to stitch together heaven and earth. God became man, and then that man ascended to the Father's right hand to bring the the family together. And that our advocate, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, in fact, it's the same word we'll read here in just a second, parakletos, helper, advocate, counselor, that 
Jesus is that in heaven. He is the human being who is ascended to the Father's right hand to bring together God and humanity. And the reason why we can do the works that he did, in fact, greater works than he did, is because we have a human being, Jesus Christ, the man, at the right hand of the Father to be our human representative in heaven. And then he says in verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. What what does that mean to pray in Jesus' name? It's to pray with confidence in who he is and what he has done and what he is doing. We pray, we believe that we are heard, again, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, we believe that we are heard because we have a parakletos, we have a human representative who is divine, yes, he is God, and he is human, he is the man, Jesus Christ. We have one, one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, right? And because we have that representative in heaven on our behalf, we pray with confidence in his relationship to God the Father and his relationship to us. And so we pray knowing that God hears us and answers us because we have confidence in Jesus' relationship with the Father. We know that we have a friend and a brother in heaven with the Father. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now here's the beauty of it all, isn't it? That Jesus represents us in heaven and we represent Jesus on the earth. We continue to carry out the works of Jesus on the earth. And Jesus says, your love for him The disciples' love for him, your love for him, is demonstrated by you doing what? Keeping his commandments. And what are his commandments? In the Gospel of John, John makes it super simple for us to understand. Here's my commandment, Jesus says. Love one another as I have loved you. These are Jesus' commandments. Be faithful to the Father. Be faithful even unto death and love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus says, our relationship, my relationship and my disciples' relationship is demonstrated by, exemplified by, evidenced by your keeping his commandments, your living out what he told us to do. And again, in that way, Jesus continues to reconcile all things, doesn't he? And as Jesus, God, came to earth and then became a man, and that man God, that God-man, went back to heaven to sit at the Father's right hand and reconcile, and then you and I live out the works of Jesus right now on this earth, and we, through faithfulness and self-giving love, we're reconciled to each other. I mean, look around this auditorium this morning, right? 
different ages and different races and different backgrounds and different cultures all brought together by Jesus. But more than that, throughout the entire world, this morning, breaking bread and sharing the cup together, because of our shared faith in Jesus, we are being reconciled to each other and to God through Jesus Christ. He's stitching all things back together. And the way you participate in that is that you obey his commandments. You follow him. You love others as he has loved you. You imitate his faithfulness and his self-giving love. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another parakletos, another helper to be with you forever. Now again, and you might already start to see the picture from 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, a parakletos is someone that is sent, I think of the word emissary. You know the word emissary? I think of a, a, a person who is sent from one party to another party to go from party one to party two and represent party one within the presence of party two. <laughs> That's confusing, I know, but, but stay with me for just a second. If you send someone to go and represent you with someone else, and you say, you go and be my representative. In, in a law court, and that's where we get the word counselor, because it's counselor, not like psychiatrist or camp counselor, but counselor like a lawyer. That's what a lawyer does, isn't it? A lawyer represents his client in the courts, right? He goes and he's a representative of party one to party two. And Jesus was a parakletos for us, right? Jesus was a representative of heaven. That's what he's been saying throughout the gospel of John. I am from the father. So as a parakletos, as a representative, as a counselor, as God's counselor, God's helper, God's comforter, Jesus comes as an emissary from heaven to earth as God in flesh and then now Jesus serves as a parakletos in heaven first John 2 and verse 1 but now he says the Holy Spirit is going to be another parakletos another representative emissary from heaven to come and to be with you the spirit is going to be God's counselor God's representative God's helper who's going to come and he's going to be with you. Isn't that good news? Jesus says, listen, I'm leaving. I'm going to be with the Father. And that's good for you. It's good. You ought to rejoice that I'm going to go and I'm going to be with the Father. But I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send another parakletos. I'm going to send another representative, emissary, counselor, to come and to be with you to represent God in heaven. Do you see? The stitching continues, right? God comes to earth, becomes man, then ascends back to the Father's throne, and then God sends the Spirit to stay with his people, stitching together humanity and heaven and earth, God and human beings. Verse 17, even, and we'll talk about this phrase next week, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet 
a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, and I think here especially means the resurrection, you will see me because I live, you also will live. And in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Do you remember, for several weeks now, we've talked about this, what I call intertwined language. And Jesus keeps saying, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and now I'm in you, and the Spirit's in you, and you're in me. Do you see? Stitching back together. If you are a follower of Jesus... If you've put Jesus on, the way Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 3 is that you've clothed yourself with Jesus. In Romans 6, he talks about baptism as a uniting yourself with Jesus. In in John chapter 3, we talked about being born again by the water and the Spirit. When you've been united with Jesus in baptism, heaven and earth, God and humanity are being reconciled in you. You are a piece of humanity that's being reconciled to God through Jesus because your representative, your brother and friend is at the right hand of the Father and his spirit has come to live in you as a gift and a down payment of what's to come. To mark you as saying, you belong to me. A parakletos, a representative, an emissary from heaven. God's counselor and helper and comforter come to be with his people because his people are being reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. Now look again at verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Do you see how This reconciliation can't happen without your participation. Let me say that again. This reconciliation can't happen without your participation. You have to participate by obeying the commands of Jesus. And again, especially in John, the commandments of Jesus are be faithful and have self-giving love. Love others as he has loved you. And do you see how reconciliation happens amongst ourselves and between us and heaven, between us and God? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. The relationship that Jesus is repairing and recreating is maintained through trust and obedience. As we trust him and walk in his ways, we are allowing Jesus and the Spirit to reconcile us to the Father. But if we say, I won't obey your words. I won't obey your commandments. I don't want to be meek and gentle. I don't want to, have, I don't want to lay down my life. I don't want to pick up my cross. I don't want to follow you. I don't want to love my neighbor as you've loved me. I don't want to get walked all over. I don't want to be that loving and kind and gentle and patient. I don't want that kind of a life. 
then we're rebelling against God's plan to reconcile humanity and God. It's obvious, Paul would say, Jesus would say, who belongs to the Father and who doesn't? Who is walking by the Spirit and who is walking by the flesh? Look at Galatians chapter 5. Paul says it's evident who's walking by the flesh. Envy and jealousy and fighting and anger and all of these things. But then the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. These are the characteristics of the people who are being reconciled to God. Why? Because these are the characteristics of God. When heaven's representative lives in you, when heaven's parakletos lives in you, when God's counselor lives in you, when God's emissary lives in you, and you walk by the Spirit and obey the commandments of Jesus, it is evident. Verse 25. These things have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, I think Jesus, especially here, is speaking specifically to his apostles. Because, I mean, the Spirit can't bring to my remembrance everything that Jesus said and did, right? But he did that for the apostles. But I think what the Spirit does in our life do, as we read these words of the apostles, and as we put our faith in Jesus, as we're united with him in baptism, the Spirit may not bring to our remembrance the words of Jesus, but the Spirit certainly brings to life the words of Jesus. The Spirit is bringing to life the words of Jesus within the church. That's what the Spirit does. He brings to life the faithfulness and the self-giving love of Jesus within the lives of God's people, within the lives of the people that are being reconciled to him. So here's our moment of truth question. Every week, we got to stop and just ask ourselves a question and be self-reflective. Are the words of Jesus coming to life in you? Are the words, the commandments of Jesus, the faithfulness and the self-giving love of Jesus, are they coming to life in you? When Jesus says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn and let them slap you on the other. Or Jesus says, when someone forces you to go a mile, you go with them too. Or Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. When Jesus tells you these things, when the Apostle Paul tells you that don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good, and you say, oh, that's hard. I don't know how to do that. Is the Spirit of God bringing to life these words in you? Is he? Have you been united with Jesus? Do you have his spirit? Have you put him on in baptism? Is the spirit of God renewing you and recreating you to be more like the father? Are you being reunited, reconciled, stitched back together with the father through Jesus in the spirit? 
And if you can honestly look at your life and say, not so much. Not as much as I'd like. Like I think most of us could. Then what's the answer? It's everything we've been saying for the last few weeks. Focus on Jesus. And and, and here, church, do the works of Jesus whether you feel like it or not. Sometimes we, sometimes we act like, well, I'm going to wait till the Spirit makes me feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing it yet. That, that's the wrong way to do it. Start doing the works of Jesus and watch as the Spirit of God transforms your life. And if you don't know what the works of Jesus are, if you don't know how to live out his faithfulness and his self-giving love, that's what this is all about, isn't it? Gathering together and retelling the story over and over and over again, singing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks in Christ for everything, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ as we live out the story of Jesus and meditate on the story of Jesus and think about the story of Jesus and preach the story of Jesus and sing the story of Jesus. His words, his faithfulness, his self-giving love, His cross is manifest in our life. The words of Jesus come to life in us as we reorient our entire life around him. And that starts with baptism, doesn't it? It starts with baptism as you're united with him, as you declare your faith in him and say, I want my life intertwined with God's. I want my life intertwined with Jesus. I want to be stitched back together. I want to be reconciled. I want to be recreated. I want to be made new. I want to be renewed and regenerated by the Spirit of God. It starts at baptism, but then it continues on every single day as we allow Jesus through the Spirit to reconcile humanity and God, us and God. And maybe you've been thinking about uniting your life with Jesus, pledging your faith in him through baptism. Or maybe you've already done that and you've just sort of wandered away and allowed there to be a divide again between you and God. Come home. Come home. Jesus' whole purpose is reconciliation. And if you need to be reconciled, don't wait. Or or maybe you just need the prayers of these spirit-filled people. We would love to help you any way we can. Our shepherds in the prayer room in just a moment after service would love to meet with you and talk with you and pray with you. Or right now, you can come forward as we stand and sing the song.